0: You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. Yo, what's happening with What's Happening?
1: Welcome to What's Happening, I'm Brad. I'm Fred. So shall we talk about What's Happening? What's happening with you, bro?
2: <laughs> I'm melting, but... Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but nah, um, man, I just down on how this past weekend for my sister graduation party. Um, my brother and my sister from North Carolina flew in when well I flew in, but drove in. Um, so I ain't seen them in probably eight years since my sister's wedding, when we went to the Bahamas for a wedding. So, you know, that was pretty dope getting to see them. Then of course, get to work on my rental property. Um, so got some, some dope progress made on that. So, you know, just out here loving it man living life
1: dope 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 i am um i'm chilling man today was a it was a pretty smooth day um you know just worked and you know, did some prep for what we got going on uh for for this obviously and um you know enjoying my last hour and a half of being 35.
0: <laughs>
2: um, hey
1: when the clock strikes midnight, you know what I'm saying? Your boy going to be a whole new age. I'm going to be, I've been, I've been talking the last couple of weeks how I had the realization that, you know, I'm technically closer to 50 than I am to 20, which is a wild (laughs) concept. But, you know, tomorrow the number changes. It makes that official. So, yeah. Um, You know, it's all good though, man. You know, I'm, 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 you know many didn't make it to this point so you know, I I'm blessed I'm grateful man I'm I'm you know ready to see what the future holds um man uh you know this is kind of crazy I've been just had my face in this computer um you know for the last few hours doing different doing different things and you know right now it's game seven, a game five of the NBA Finals,
2: yeah.
1: and I don't know the score. I don't know if it's a blowout. I don't know if we passed halftime yet. I don't know nothing <laughs> right now. And like, this is not me. This yeah, is not me. Right.
2: So usually you, you be all over you treat this. This is like next to WrestleMania for you. So.
1: <laughs> next to the NBA Finals is above WrestleMania.
2: Well, I don't know if I. That's hard for me to say for you. I, sometimes your enthusiasm say different.
1: <laughs> nah, brother. Nah, brother. The finals is yeah. So um, that's going on right now. Golden State's up. It's not quite halftime yet. So. I'll mean, be able to catch the end of the game by the time we done recording this. But you know what I'm excited about, man? Potentially. You know, this is game five. We're guaranteed to have a game six because game six is... Because the series is 2-2. If it would have... If if Boston would have went up 3-1, we would have had to re- change our recording date. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you would have, have to see something go down tonight. But, huh? but,
1: but there's going to be a game six, so... Whoever wins tonight, if the opposite team wins, then on Sunday we'll get game seven. And if that is the case, that means on Sunday we will get not only game seven of the NBA Finals, but also Father's Day and also Juneteenth. Mm. And if we get that, I ain't doing nothing. Nothing. (laughs) The whole day. The whole day. Stephanie going to be sick of me. You heard me? Sick of me. Not sick of me. Sick of me. You know what
2: I'm that's saying? How, that's how Marge is right now. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. But, I ain't going to say nothing on that Hey, <laughs> <aye. laughs> And so, I guess, is there a little change or is we just going to, you know, just kind of guys bring that other part into this episode? Because I see you just left it this
1: Juneteenth.
2: Or did you forget?
1: what you said, uh- uh- kind okay. Of- mm we doing what we doing. Okay. <laughs> we doing we doing. And so, you know, I, you know, last year, this was um last year's when Juneteenth became a federal holiday. And y'all you know, want to have a conversation about what is Juneteenth? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? I hear I hear one of my nieces or nephews in the background there. <laughs> um no, what is it? You must hear him through the door because like, uh, door closed, it's just they, me. They going through it. All right, it's gonna be all good though. Oh, it's probably uh, baby Fred man. He yeah, <laughs> going to the bed.
2: He ain't lonely.
1: But we um, you know, just want to have a conversation around, you know, what is Jun and you know what just a general conversation around it. You know how we do everything is freestyle. So right. I mean you know, tell, tell us what, what you know Juneteenth to be and what's been your experience with it your whole life.
2: Well, to be honest, um, you know, it's, it was when slavery ended, you know what I mean? So it, it's a celebration, you know what I'm saying, to the end of slavery. It was on what June 19th. Don't get me on years and stuff. That's your thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course it was on June 19th. and. You know, one thing I can say is I guess I, I was, you know, lucky enough um for the town that I grew up in, which um shout out to Lyme, Ohio, right now, because they're actually about to throw a big celebration this coming weekend for June 10th. I mean, it's huge. They're going to have, like, 50-something vendors out there, food trucks, uh, some African heritage. They're doing... Um, some golf type stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I mean, it's just going to be a huge thing. So, and that's brings me to what I was going to say is, growing up, we used to have, you know, like a, a celebration, like you would meet at the park, you know what I mean? Like just everybody throughout the city and we would kick it and celebrate. They would have, you know, live performances, food, you know, paint, whatnot. And you just kind of just celebrate it, you know what I'm saying, with the culture. You know what I'm saying? And they brought cultural things out there. You know what I mean? Like I said, like even this year, they're they doing like a culture, uh African cultural uh, heritage thing that they're bringing, you know what I'm saying, to it this year. So I, I got to say for my small town, that's something we've always had probably until I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11, then it kind of went away. You know what I mean? And I And I don't know ex- exactly the why, but I'm gonna assume that, you know, we was lucky enough to have some people that actually cared about the holiday and wanted to celebrate that, of that. And that's how we had it growing up. And as time go on, either people get busy or can't continue to head that type of ordeal. And so that's just what it
1: is. So, no, that's interesting, man. I, that's dope to hear. Cause you know, for me, my earliest memory of, of Juneteenth is looking at a calendar on the wall and wondering, huh, what's all these other random holidays? So my birthday is June 14th, and that's also Flag Day. And I remember looking at the calendar and being like, oh, my birthday's a holiday. And at this point, I'm like 10, 11, something like that. Um, and I remember you know, realizing that I think I believe September 12th is Grandparents Day. And at just like looking through the calendar and just seeing like there's all these extra holidays. And I remember seeing Juneteenth, not knowing what it is, not knowing what it was or anything like that. And, you know, I can remember at different points in in my life, you know, hearing people say, hey, it's Juneteenth. But it was never anything like really brought out about it, you know? And I I can honestly say I didn't know what it meant or what it was until, you know, sometime in the last six or five or six years. And I'm realizing as we're having this conversation, I believe where I began where I began to truly understand it, I believe was an episode of Blackish. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I think Blackish did an episode explaining what it is. And I think that's how I, I came to learn it. It was for sure within the last decade. And I feel like it was within the last five years. And like I said, as I'm as I'm speaking in real time, I believe it was an episode of Blackish that did an episode on it. And you know, one thing, you know, I don't want to be like holier to thou or anything. One thing I do want to correct you on is you said it's the day that the the slaves were free. The slaves had actually been free for over two years. Um, It was, that was the last, if you're talking, bro, you're on mute. Um,
2: I wasn't saying that they was free, I just said it just ended. Like, it it was known date that slavery ended. I'm not gonna say necessarily free, but it just slavery ended.
1: That is what you said, forgive me. (coughs) Yeah, it was, and, and so for those that may not know, you know, slavery had been ended for over two years to that point, but it was just the last, you know, set of slaves, that's when they learned that they were free. And if I'm and if i and if I'm, uh, correct, you, like you may have been looking it up, um, I believe that it's a little confusion on whether or not that the date was actually June 18th or June 19th, but we all just recognize June 19th. I think if you look it up, it'll say on June 18th or June 19th of 1865 is the day. Uh, I was asking. Uh, you to i look
2: looking up. It up. I would. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. I was. I actually. had texted my son when you had said. Oh, um, I thought you were. heard it, Maybe. So yeah. I was. Yeah. Nah. Sorry. But. Now um, I just put it in real quick. Typing June 10th holiday and it's actually June 19th or June 20th. Okay. Um, okay. I knew it was a- that you're referring to.
1: Okay. All right. So. Yeah, I mean, um, no, that's dope that, that you guys always had a celebration because I've never seen or or, or any, any kind of celebration regarding it until this year. Um, you know, my church is going to do something on June 18th, uh, that Saturday, and then they're going to have in-person service on June 19th. It's still mostly virtual until actually until uh, next month. But um, um, we've been getting together once a month. That's Father's Day. Juneteenth. That'll be the in-person in worship for for June, and then, you know, I've seen a couple other like there's this one town, Berkeley, uh, Michigan, super rich area. <laughs> i believe leave it there. <laughs> not a whole lot of not a whole lot of uh uh, uh uh black folk in that area, but I saw that they're having. I've driven it through, you know, going to work and coming home and whatnot. And I saw that they're having a, a Juneteenth celebration. And I was just like, huh. Okay. Okay. But, you know, I, you know, it's cool to see it embraced, you know, the, the good parts of it. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, and for me, as I was just, as I was realizing that I saw it on Blackish, you know, I know Blackish is a show that, you know, it's very, uh, very pro black, but I know that people of all cultures and races watch that show. And I just, I wonder how much of a role that that played in, you know, kind of people recognizing what it was. Like I say, because I didn't really know about it until that show came on.
2: I I don't think that show probably put a whole lot of weight on the recognition of it as much as it probably tried. You know, and I appreciate for anything that would shed light on, you know, saying something positive like that. But still in all, I don't think it's it's really recognized like besides within our culture and still not heavy within our culture. Because if you right now I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Juneteenth next weekend, they go like, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like they off, like it's like a national holiday where everybody's off or, you know what I'm saying, getting paid to, it's not like 4th of July pretty much in in the sense of how people recognize it, you know? Well, I mean?
1: I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's already like one of the biggest major holidays that we, that we recognize. But what I'm saying is, is that it's being talked about way more today than even two years ago. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's true. And I'm wondering if you know, like that episode. In addition to a lot of the racial reckoning that we've gone through over the last, you know, five or so years, well, more so than that, over the last decade or so, um, how much that has played a role in it. You know, we're seeing some good sides of it, but we're seeing some not great sides of it as well. You know, we're seeing. You know, I'm sure you saw the whole like the Walmart ice cream thing.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny uh I don't know that like I I guess you know I can see how you know what I mean that could come off you know what I'm saying the wrong way but I don't think it was as bad as what it was you know'm saying made out to be and I mean I guess I I don't maybe I don't look at things in you know what I'm saying that that like like it's just hard to say. Like it's it's more so like I to me, like when I looked at it, I seen, you know what I'm saying, the ice cream, I seen, you know what I'm saying, the, the labeling of it and everything. And it was just like, okay, it, I don't think it was that big of a deal to, you know what I'm saying, make a big fuss about. And maybe I'm wrong for it, but to me, it just wasn't wasn't worth the attention it got.
1: I think that It's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people say like, hey, they could have highlighted other brands, like black owned brands and things of that nature. And that's true. You know, I think that from a business perspective, it would be highly irresponsible for them to do nothing, right? Like if you were to I mean, we see stuff every year from Memorial Day, 4th of July, President's Day, furniture sales. Um, the NBA has a, 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 some marquee games all day on Martin Luther King Day. Um, the NFL always has some marquee games on Thanksgiving Day. Like, like you you, you figure out a way to get in where you can fit in uh, for holidays and national events, things of that nature. So it would be irresponsible to just not acknowledge it but maybe they could have done something a little bit better and I don't know that the vitriol was well I mean I guess it was if they if they pulled the, the, the flavor off the shelf as quick as they put it out there but I don't know I didn't so much see the reactions that I saw people having about it was like hell on no, they did this it's this goofy you know what I'm saying um, they probably could have got away with just keeping it on there, but I also think that it's a it was it was wise to them to say, hey, this isn't the best look. We should just let's just we'll be all right. We Walmart. We can we can do something else.
2: So it it makes me ask, and I know it could be a little bit off subject, but as I seen a post where you know when Iceland came out and they. Uh, took it off the shelves and whatnot. Somebody said this is why um, it's important to have people of color in these boardroom discussions to help guide you from making mistakes like this. And
1: so I thought you had a question.
2: <laughs> no, I'm I'm just well, I, I'm I'm saying how do you, what do you think? Do you think that's true? Do you think you know, what I'm saying that that was a a situation where. Do you think if even if they did have you know people of color that was in the room of, the, of that discussion, do you think it would have kept it from making it to the shows?
1: If those like, that are how- in charge listen, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's it because <laughs> you would have, the, the assumption is is that. If there's somebody in the boardroom, or let me say it differently. Just because you got somebody in the boardroom doesn't mean that they're gonna say the right thing. Right? Right. At the end of the day, you know, you gotta go home to your family that you gotta provide for and things of that nature. You may not necessarily want to rock the boat. You may also be in a situation where you realize that. You're there to check off a box, and not necessarily your input and your your intellect isn't necessarily valued in the circles that you're invited to. Sometimes your your presence um, is... Why are you laughing at me, bro? You want me to just say it? Sometimes I <laughs> just want to see it because you're I mean. You, I, I
2: ain't that what I want you to say but I mean, you tiptoeing pretty damn hard to just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I felt like you was kind of tiptoeing in multiple ways. Like, you tiptoeing because it could be another episode, but you tiptoeing, like, <laughs> trying to stay at point without, you know I mean, just putting it out there, but.
0: You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC. You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC.
2: I mean, you know, good and well as I know that, that's nine times out of 10, the scenario. You know what I'm saying? I know a company that could have cared less of what our opinion or what we said, um, you know, it didn't hold anyway. but the fact that we was able to produce numbers in areas they needed, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, increasing their card uh, applicants, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, yeah. that would- you have a lot that you you can head my meeting if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You know what I mean? Like
1: <laughs> man, you out here. You out here. Man. You know what you Dry You on point. You know what I'm saying? One might even say you on target. All right. So anyway. <laughs> I mean, you want me to put it out there, bro? <laughs> Look, that's the Easter egg right there for y'all. Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, kind of moving back a little bit to the June team side of the conversation.
2: Uh,
1: you know, something that I've been thinking about really over the last couple of years. Hey, sis, uh, <laughs> something I've been thinking about over the last couple of years is that. A lot of this stuff that's happened in our history, you know, people you know, a lot of people will say, hey, somebody's gonna listen to this and say, you know what? 1865? Y'all been free since 1865? Y'all been officially free since 1865? Like, America's not racist anymore. You know, there's no racism or anything like that anymore. And you know, one of the things I've been thinking about, my grandmother is 83 years old. Uh, my my aunt, I'm pretty sure I've talked about my my aunt Sarah on here in the past she just turned 94 you know, when you are that old it is likely that your grandparents may have spent part of their childhood as slaves your grandparents you know, you figure if my, my aunt's 94 years old you know, I don't know yeah, you know, she's my aunt by marriage, so I don't know, you know, her whole story and who her parents were and things of that nature. But just me kind of doing some math in my head and just thinking, you know, if she was, if her parents had her around the age of 30, that would mean that her parents were born in like 1890. And if her, and if their parents had her around the age of 30, yeah, they were born, you know, late 60s, some, somewhere around that range. And yeah, I, I just I often think about the fact that like there are people walking on this earth or living on this earth right now that to some degree new slaves, new people that were in slavery. And, you know, there are people in it that are walking today that that know people that um. Are Holocaust survivors, right? I think there's still a couple Holocaust survivors living to this point. I think, yeah.
2: and, and there so might be a couple. I don't know because they was pretty old when we was when we was in school, and they was like having them visits or having the documentaries
1: play. Yeah, and right. It so was kind like, of
2: oh, old then.
1: But but what I'm thinking about is is that like, I've been thinking about that part for the last couple of years that there are people living today that knew slaves to some degree. Maybe that they, they didn't get a chance to meet you know people that actually pick cotton and things of that nature. But you know that's not unrealistic either. We just buried my wife's great grandfather. We just buried him. Um and, and so easily, you know, somebody who it's it's not unreasonable to think that my grandparents may have known their great grandparents, meaning that they would have known slaves. My grandmother was born in Tennessee. Look,
2: no, I'm just I'm agreeing with you, like because my my grandmother would be ninety August 9th this year. Man. Um, and well I've always told, like I always say that I'm I'm a very blessed individual because Growing up, I had my great grandmother until I was 17. And the reason I mean to cut you off, but the reason I cut you you off to say this was like, I had my great grandmother until I was 17. She was like 93 or 94 when she passed away. You know what I mean? And I, I remember her vividly telling me, like, hey, she knew slaves. Like, her mom, you know what I'm saying, parents were slaves. Like, she's seen people have their feet cut off for trying to run and hands cut off. Like she's seen that firsthand, you know what I mean? And I was, I was thinking she was like a little far-fetched, but it kind of made sense because like my grandma never really had a job. And when she did, she more was a housekeeper for an older white lady. Every job she's really ever had, she was either cleaning or cooking or taking care of a family in a sense of, you know what I'm saying? Like slavery times. And that's because that's what she knew you know what I mean, from what she watched growing up. And she shared, like, little stuff like that, you know, um, just, it, and it would be in times where, like, she'll be trying to teach you something or like, you know how every now and then you want to mouth back or say certain things. And she's like, do you really understand, you know what I mean, like, to what level, you know what I'm saying, you're you being disrespectful at, like, you you right. have folks that didn't came before you. We didn't did this, this, and that, and the third, you know you, my mother was a slave, you know what I mean? Like we've been trying to overcome certain times or do certain things and here you is just, you know, oblivious to it. Just like nothing matters or, you know, it doesn't affect you. Mm -hmm. And you know, she would lay down those, those different things and share little pieces, you know what I mean, in those times. So that was just one thing, you know, I could remember as a kid with talking with my great grandmother.
1: You know, and and that's actually a a little bit of a perfect segue to talk about something. I knew this would come up in today's episode, no matter what. So um, you talked about, like, not really knowing what we're doing and what we're saying at that time. I'm I'm switching a little bit off topic, but it's still in the general theme. So today, literally today, uh, a friend of mine messaged me, a white friend. She listened to our, our episode from last week. Um, and she got to the part where I said, Don't you know, go go listen to this Monique clip, but listen to it later. She paused and listened to it right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so she's like, you know, she's not understanding. She got to the part where, um, where Monique called DL Hughley, and now I feel dirty using this, not that I have new knowledge, so forgive me, um, but she got to the point where Monique called Dio Hughley a-, a coon, right, and, mm-hmm. yeah, she didn't really, like, understand, like, what it meant, but she was like, hey, like, if I were to say, uh, like, like, she's called raccoons a coon for, for short, but she's like right. super sheltered, had zero idea of the racial slur behind it or anything like that. And then um, she ended up, I was saying that like, I wouldn't say it because it'd be awkward for you to say it as a white person. And based, like I've never Googled the word, I've heard it used. And in the context that I've heard it used, it's always been um, pretty pretty similar to like an Uncle Tom. Um, uh, but I've also heard it used as like, you just acting a fool. Like, man, you out here cooning right now. Like I've heard people say that. Right. Yeah. And, and she, she Googled it. She was like, she messaged me back. Like, you should just tell me to Google it. Like, this is terrible. Why would black people say this ever? And I'm just like, huh? And, and, and so she sends me the link. I didn't get a chance to look at it because I was in the middle of my work day. but I was like, I mean, it's just kind of a weird thing to say. I don't think it's that bad of a thing to say. And so I ended up just going to happen to go into, uh, uh, you know, one of the retail stores I support where I've got a great relationship with one of the older uh, black gentlemen uh, that works at the store. And I was just, I had him in private. I was like, listen, let me ask you something a little personal. Um, you know, like, what do you think the, the term, the, 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 the term cool means? And he starts explaining it and it's, nowhere near, like he has a different understanding of what I have of it. And I'm thinking like, I'm learning, I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's different. All right. This is a bad thing to say. But then I go and I look at the link that she sends me that details the history of the term and it is horrible. Like I said, I feel dirty saying it and using it and I had zero idea. And I just think about like, in the context that I've heard it used, I don't think that anyone truly knows. Anyone who uses it truly knows. Like even in the context that Monique used it in that segment is not is not like what it meant. And she was just like and and so this friend again she's white and she's like why would black people be using this term in any setting at all? And it made and like now that I, I when I made time to get home and I read through it, I'm just like, "Yo, like, she's right. Like, why are we doing this?" And so I think about that with like the Juneteenth. Like, I didn't really know what it meant or what it was about until the last, like I said, five or so years. And it's just scary to think that. how how we how people can say things and, and do things and use things with a lack of real knowledge behind it am i am i making sense you you muted again bro <laughs> no you hear me there we go there we go
2: all right. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. And, you know, I think sometimes we give people a little more credit because most of them know, you know what I mean? Like they know it's, it's just not that they want to respect it. You know what I mean? Or want to acknowledge, you know what I'm saying? The wrong is hitting it. Because for instance, there's a of which I'm pretty sure every city and state has them, but we have this page called 419 um, News Now. It's for Lyme, Ohio area. Okay. And and uh, it's anything. Like, there's a lady on there. I don't know how she do it um, or what, but she basically reports the scanner all day long. You mm-hmm. know, shooting here, uh, wreck here, um, you know, breaking and entering here. I, I don't know. Have you ever listened to a scanner? It just sounded like a bunch of static and mumbling. I don't know how she's getting it, how she got this clear, you know, understanding, maybe she was in law enforcement, whatever, but someone shared the June team celebration that's getting ready to go down this coming weekend in Lima and there's a lady that goes, clear as day on the post. Oh no, for what? Wow. I mean, just clear as day. And and you you know what I'm saying? You have people of all color coming on there and saying, well, I'm sorry that you feel that way or whatnot. And, you know, why why are you being racist? Or, you know, one was a classmate of mine and, you know, she just killed her with kindness and told her like, hey, you know, you should bring your family out because we got stuff for all walks of life. You should come check it out. It's going to be a great uh, event this weekend. And hopefully you can find something you enjoy out of it. And to me, you know what I mean? That was like the best you could have did, you know what I'm saying, in that situation. But to me, it also shows a lot of them know, a lot of them understand, they just don't want to, they don't, you know what I mean? And we give them too much credit behind, you know what I mean? The fact that maybe because we didn't know or because it wasn't shared down with us, you know what I mean? I think we give them a lot more credit now there are age i can truly see them probably not knowing or not understanding certain situations but there's an age gap that's like right above us and beyond oh they know they, so, <laughs> and they clearly know what they're doing and saying
1: so continue with your point the same friend she was just telling me so this she lives in ohio and she was telling me that um she asked her husband like you know what does he know and her husband was like yeah, like, this is, like, that's, like, a terrible thing to use, and he he's also a white man. He's like, I've always known this to be, like, a very horrible thing to say and, and, and to do. And then so he begins to tell her, and she shares the story with me, how in Kent County, every year, there's a Kent County Fair. And part of the Kent County Fair, or maybe this used to happen, I don't know, but you know, part of Kent, Kent, the Kent County Fair would be um, a raccoon hunt, and they wow. would get they would get t shirt. Yeah, yeah, they would get t shirts that said "Kent Coon Hunting," and and um, you know, a lot of a lot of people would buy the t shirts, no intention of raccoon hunting. They would just get Kent right. Coon Hunting. And just you know, uh, it was a Weared way to be, around. to be outwardly racist. Yeah,
2: and you and you see it more times than not. And I think we turn a blind eye because we feel like, oh, that's not deep rooted in hate, or that that's not coming from that background. Because we try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But you know, I think the other part is it also depends on the environment and the area you grow up in. You know what I'm saying? On how it affects you or how much you know, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing, because, you know, some things are are truly taught and shared through families and generations as to others is not. And then sometimes, you know, it may come from, you know, when you live in a certain certain area or place, like for instance, you know, I noticed being in city schools, um, my friends were more culturally diverse. You know what I'm saying, white and black friends, than out of city limits schools. You know what I mean, and it, it kind of brings that same tension. You know what I'm saying between the two parties of just how you grew up because they don't grow up around as many. Some you know our history or or stuff isn't shared you know as like you know how like black people say hey have you had that talk with your your kid about growing up black that on the other side of the coin you don't have that talk of you know hey look you're going to be amongst other people that's not just like you these are some things that you should refrain from doing or saying because no one feels that there's a need you know what I'm saying, to refrain or share that information with their kids because they don't feel like nothing will happen to them. You know what I mean?
1: I Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny how you just, like, keep figuring out a way to to bring out some of the thoughts that I've been having, you know, literally today. So the gentleman that I talked about that I was, that I, the older gentleman that, that I mentioned earlier, so he and I were just talking about, you know, a lot of stuff. Because, you know, he's about 20 years older than me. And you know he was telling me how you know when he was a kid the city of Detroit was like probably you know seventy percent sixty to seventy percent black, and you know the the other the other portion of Detroit was mostly white. Um, yeah, obviously some other races are sprinkled in, but you probably had you probably had a, a, a sixty five thirty five uh, black white split. And um, you know by the time that I got when I was in school. I can remember I graduated high school with, you know, two or when I graduated high school, there were two white kids in my high school and both kids, they were siblings, they were brother and sister and they were adopted. So had they not been adopted and and been, you know, in my community, it would have been zero white children in my school. And like I, I was having this conversation with someone that, you know, I could not turn on the TV and I would if I didn't turn on the TV, or depending on what type of shows that I, I chose to watch on TV, I could go a full day without seeing white people. No problem. Like Detroit was that black. Um I like it was it was a common thing for me to go. Weeks and months without seeing white people. Our police officers were black. Our, you know, teachers at school were black. Everybody that lived on my street was black. Um, like it was, it was a common thing for me to see. To not see white people, and then Detroit is so big of a city. It, it, it was a common thing for me to to go weeks and months. Without walking outside of the city of Detroit, if I didn't need to go to the mall, I would not leaving. I would not leaving Detroit, and those two malls were on the literal. The two malls that I would go to would be on the literal outskirts of the city, um, like the literal outskirts of the city. Um, so I mean, it was just like there was nothing but black people, and there was um there was no reason to leave the city. You know, if you step outside the city, sure, you see some of everybody else. And I I make that point to say that I often wonder, I wonder so much these days that that was like,
0: You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC.
1: How do I want to put this? It's common today for for white people to live and work in areas to where they don't see black people, right? Because it's maybe, exactly, right, and you know, there because of that, there's so many people that are just simply just ignorant to black issues because they just don't see it around them. You just, you assume that your paradigm is the world. And I hope I'm making sense. I feel like my thoughts are all over the place. Um, you, you always think that your paradigm is the real world and it never is. Your paradigm is just your paradigm. And so.
2: Well, I think that has a lot to deal with, like they say, pers- you know, Perspective is your reality. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So when, you know, I say that I say, because I hear it a lot of times, you know, the one thing that that gets me is, you know, um you see a situation where um guy gets pulled over, you know, black and you know, he has an issue or altercation with the police. And the number one thing people want to say is, well, he would just comply or just listen; He wouldn't have that issue. Mm-hmm. But that's because their perspective is, and they've never had the issue of having a, you know, a issue of no matter what I do, I'm still going to have an issue today. If there's nothing, I can do everything they tell me to do. I can comply to the fullest. And today I'm still going to have an issue with this officer. Because in my, you know, reality with my perspective is they had it out for me. Like for whatever reason, whatever their past is, you know, they're going to still find a way to make an issue. And I'm not saying that's all cops. I'm not saying that's all pullover scenarios, but there are situations where people feel like the answer is just imply, just listen. But they don't understand that no matter how much you complied or listened, you are still going to have a problem. And everybody's going to look at it as you were the issue when you may have did everything right.
1: You know, I need to say this, that the only conversation that you and I have had before the podcast today is I sent you a video on Facebook, (laughs) wholly unrelated to anything to do with this episode today, and I and I bring that little that little snip, that little snippet in there because once again, you have given me the perfect top the perfect segue, and to <laughs> talk about something else that's on my mind. You, my brother, are in your bag today, and you don't even. Know. And I <laughs> want to so go ahead and give you that. <laughs> um, I'm
2: sweating in this bag, so I don't want to stay in it.
1: <laughs> so. Um, you know, you talk a podcast about, fan <laughs> you, you talked about the um about about the police and, and and the perspective of police. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the gentleman I was speaking with earlier today, uh, Detroit was sixty five thirty five split between white and black, roughly when he was a kid. And by the time that I was born and I was a kid, it was like a ninety ten split, black ninety percent black, right? you know i do know that one of the things that happened to detroit was is that in the 40s and 50s and 60s a lot of people migrated from the south to the north and a lot of them came up here to detroit where the auto industry was i do know that as more black people came up and came into detroit white people migrated out of Detroit. And you know, to really kind of crystallize that for me, he was telling me today that, you know, when he was a kid, you really didn't want to go outside of Detroit. You was gonna have some trouble with the police. Uh when you when you if you were black and you stepped outside of the city. And he was saying like you don't want to go Southfield, Westland, nowhere. And I'm telling you, Southfield is the literal border of detroit like it's right off eight mile y'all seen the movie eight mile it's right off eight mile it's it's literally right there you couldn't cross the border with the trouble and he was telling me how he got pulled over he had a he had a uh a red corvette at this time in his life and he's telling me he was like i got pulled over didn't do nothing wrong um, you know, he asked the officer, hey, what's up? You know, what's going on with it? And he said that somebody, he said they got a report that a black man in a red Corvette did a smash and grab. Sure. That that adds up. Sure. So, first off,
2: and, and, for, and for clarity. It looked like that black man makes more money than he did sitting in that police cruiser and he was mad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, how the hell? Wait, 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 let me, let me make sure I can paint the perspective for those that may not know. The smash and grab is, you drive your vehicle through the glass window, you smash it through, and then you grab stuff and drive out. Number one, who would do that with a Corvette? Number two, wouldn't there be some evidence of some damage?
2: And number three, I'm going to say it like Shannon Sharp would. Ain't no black person finna drive no damn car into anything. Matter of fact, I just seen a video today. It was a TikTok or something. And it was Little Bronny. And you can hear LeBron in the background. And Little Bronny shoots the ball. And he say, shorty, shorty hits the front of the rim and bounces and hit the Maybach. The very next thing you hear, because, it like, if you watch the video, LeBron, could have clearly grabbed the ball from hitting the Maybach. But he did And you hear LeBron say, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> and in the caption to that video or TikTok or whatever says, hey, yo, LeBron like every other
1: black dad. <laughs> There's no way. So, you know, going back to this gentleman that I, that I talked with earlier, so you know that really him telling me that story, he told me another story, some other stuff that happened to him, and for me it really crystallized what it was like. You know, um, another person I've been having a discussion with, you know, gas prices high as hell right now, and. You know, a lot of a lot of the United States, but you know, is like this. But really, in Detroit, there's no real public transportation. And one thing about you know, when I was a kid, man, and Marsh can tell you, buses everywhere. Like you could literally navigate anywhere you wanted to go throughout the city and the surrounding suburbs and back for $3.50. The bus ticket was $1.50. It was an extra 25 cents to get a transfer, and on that transfer you could get a double. You can ride three <laughs> buses for $1.75 if you absolutely needed it. Do it on the way there, do it on the way home. That's 350, you multiply that by 5, that's 17.50 a week. That sounds right to me. Right. And just thinking like how, you know, public transportation was was really out there and something happened, you know, over the last 10 years, 10, over the last uh, 16 or 17 years where there's just less and less of it available. And I mean, you got to catch the bus now in Detroit, you might be waiting an hour before your first bus come through. And hopefully, if you got a transfer, hopefully, you know, you, you won't have to wait You're too long at your that. second stop. I mean, it used to literally be like I, my first year going to high school, I went to a school downtown, Cass Tech, and I would literally walk two and a half blocks down the road to the bus stop and the bus was hitting that stop every seven minutes. If I just so happened to miss the bus at 6.15, there was another one coming at 6.22. Maybe it ran a little late. Maybe it was a little snow on the ground. It didn't get there to 6.23. Whoops. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, But that's a, I'm going way off topic. But what I'm saying is, going back to what he was saying, is that not only was it not a good idea, To go outside the city, you didn't have a reason to go outside the city, you know. If you wanted, you know, fun life, we had downtown. We had you know, theaters and things of that nature downtown. We had there was a drive-in somewhere in the city. I remember going to a drive a drive-in theater as a kid all the time. I don't remember where it was. I should call my mom and ask her about that. Um, Mm -hmm. There was local grocery stores all over the place there was um doctor's office the the doctor my pediatrician i could walk to my pediatrician uh office and we would when i was a kid um if we lived during the times that we lived in that neighborhood but what i'm saying is is that Detroit really kind of became isolated. And then, so as the white people moved out, something I talk about now is is that there's not really any grocery stores in Detroit, not to the degree that it was. Uh, Now, pretty much every family dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, used to be a grocery store. Now it's a dollar store. You used to be able to get fresh, fresh greens and fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and things of that nature now you can get frozen banquet meals you know um getting ready to change soon well what i'm saying is is that it's just it's really changed um you know as as white people moved out the auto industry all the auto plants are now in the suburbs um the interstate highways they cut right through right through the middle of the cities which also was plays a part that's also a totally different episode but like i don't really mean to make this an episode about detroit you know we're talking about dream team but you know i think that the point that i that i was originally trying to get to is is that you know people think that you know slavery ended and then racism was over and It's not, it just became different.
2: Some of it is different and some of it is, I think, I think we've made a great stride towards, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, stopping it, but in like 10 years, it's not going to be to the level it is. And, you know, 20 years ago it was way worse than what it was. You, I mean, what it is now. So, I mean, we're constantly making those strides. I, I don't think it'll ever stop though. You know what I mean? I, I think it's going to always be
1: kind of what it is. Um, I think it's, I think it. Mm, I, I think it can get to a point where it can die. I think it can get to a point where it can die and we won't live to see it.
2: Uh, I I think I see where you're going with that because I think with the mixing of the race so much, you know what I'm saying? I think that's where it, it dies at.
1: No, I, I think- when you say mixing, are you talking about like interracial children? Or people, well, who, just
2: interracial families, like not just right. children,
1: but I'm families, People, I'm gonna disagree with you there. And you and I had this conversation in private a week or so ago, but like, yeah, what, what I'm about to say, okay. um, <laughs> I don't remember talking about this. <laughs> um, but you know, we had talked about how. Like, there's some corny black dudes out here. Oh, like, yeah. So, y'all know I was on uh, unapologetically black uh, about a month or so ago, and I'm actually headed back there real soon. Um, Maybe tomorrow. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Brittany, you need to send me that invite.
2: <laughs> hey, you got to get on this calendar. He don't know. Listen,
1: um, um, where am I at? Oh. I was telling you the story about how we were in Vegas and I, I shared the story on Unapologetically back. So if you're listening, you may have heard me share the story before, but I was in Vegas uh, for work a few years back. I'm there with my coworkers. I'm not there with my family. Um, we're hanging out at the hotel in Vegas. We see some beautiful looking women, gorgeous looking women. Now, for those of you that don't know that, don't know me that you're listening. First off, thank you. Um, But also, I'm a Black man. Obviously, if you're, I'm saying obviously, if you're not, if you're only listening, you're not watching, you may not know that based off how my voice is. Um, But I'm a Black man who's married to a white woman. And um, this, you know, we're in Vegas and we're hanging out and we see these beautiful women. These women just happen to be Black. And I say, man, hey. Right there, Uh, like all of them, it's fine, right? And you know, the one guy who is mixed, he's half black and half white. He says, "Oh man, I ain't looking at them; they black." And I was thrown off. Like, wait, what? Like you're black? And for me, (laughs) listen, you're laughing, but see, for me and from my experience, anyone who I've ever known to to be uh, multiracial um, they always claim if they're multiracial and well, if they're biracial I should say and that and and half of them is white, you know in my experience, biracial people have always more so identified with the the color side of their uh, of their nationality. And so, this was weird for me to see a guy who is biracial, who, you know, looks more black than he does white, to be like, oh, I ain't ain't black. I'm not interested in black women. I remember he said, if it ain't snowing, I ain't going. And, like, it just threw me off. And then, in subsequent years, is when I really begin to see that there's a lot of black dudes that really spending their time, you know, bashing um, black women, and then elevating white women in the process. We you know, we haven't talked about it. This is kind of like smut material. I don't get into that anyway. But like this whole like Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey breakup. Um, I saw a post before you and I got on here. Um, it was a picture of Michael B. Jordan. Uh, in front of a white woman with a bikini. And I'm like, oh, look what Lori made him do. And I'm just like, what? What is this? I saw another post last week. It said, you know, um, when Michael B. Jordan marries a white woman, you know, make sure y'all say thank you. And I say all that to say is that being interracial doesn't make or, or mingling races won't necessarily um, stop racism because there are some black people that hate black people. There's some some real life Uncle, Uncle Ruckus's out there. If y'all don't know who Uncle Ruckus is, don't waste your time. <laughs> um, so that's why I disagree with you that you know mixing races won't solve anything. You know, it what it really comes down to is people understanding. Like, we've got to get to a point where we are comfortable telling the ugly truth of this country, right? Hey, white people were really racist, and then, you know, slavery ended, and, you know, our system figured out new ways to be racism through redlining, through, um, through uh, you know, Mandatory sentencing through all of the very ways that, you know, we've been racist. And, you know, racism didn't end on June 19th or June 20th of 1865. Slavery did. Well, officially. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, pre-modern slavery. So... I think I figured out a way to get out every every thought that I had. You know, I think, <laughs> our, I think it was more than a Juneteenth conversation. It was more so about, you know, really understanding, you know, that while we've come a long way, you know, slavery ended, pre-modern slavery ended, <laughs> um, you know, hundred and sixty-ish years ago. But one, there's people... Oh, and that was the thing I wanted to say earlier, is that if we know people or we've met people that know... that, that, that knew slaves, that means that there's other people here that knew people that owned slaves. Right. And what that means is, is that, and going back to your point about like, where, where I was, or rather my point, where I was saying that I think we can get to the point where we can slowly but surely end racism, is that you're gonna have people that have been taught racism and racist thoughts even today. Even now, in 2022, you have people that are belligerently racist and they are that way because of what they were taught, because of what they were taught, and it goes back and back and back to well before 1865.
0: Although we're talking about over
1: 160 years, it's not really that much time when you think about how long people can live.
2: So I'm going to ask this, and this is just out of pure curiosity. Do you believe racism could be caused by something other than being taught in the home or shared or however, you you know, all the ways you just said that, you know, racism exists because of, do you feel like if you take those things away that some people could be racist for any other reasons?
1: Um, no. However, I don't, when I say racism is taught, I don't think that that means that people are sitting their kids down and be like, let me tell you about these kind of people. I think it's in your actions. I think it's in your It's in the way that you live. Your life is in the way that you choose to walk. You choose to talk. And, and if somebody
2: does something negative towards you, would you? Could you? Okay, not gonna say towards you. If somebody has something negative done towards them, could that be a, a cause to hate a race or no?
1: People are simple, and people are reductive. So while someone may say, you did this thing to me, the answer to your question is no. But, okay, so here's an example. Okay, this is a real life story. I may have shifted on the pilot before, but I remember being really young, maybe five, and my mom and my stepfather were trying to get a car. And we were riding in the car. It was my mom, my stepfather, my sister, and myself. We were riding in the car with um, my stepfather's sister and her husband driving around trying to get a car i realized now that i'm an adult (coughs) they were just getting declined left and right because of bad credit um but i remember we were at the dealership we were out in the car my stepfather you know kind of walked up said something quiet couldn't hear him talk went to the um salesperson salesperson walked away comes back a minute or so later says, I'm sorry, folks, we're not gonna be able to do anything today. Sales salesperson was white, my stepfather was was black, came back in the car, and I remember I asked, what happened? And I don't remember exactly, but I remember I was asking, like, you know, it was just weird, because whenever we had gone to do that, It always took a very long time and we were there obnoxiously short. And I remember my, my stepfather said, it's cause we black man. And I share that story to say that when he said that it painted the picture in my head that white people were mean to us because we're black, that I'm I'm young. I don't know anything about credit. I don't know anything about anything at this point. And for a short time period, it made me, and I'm young, it made me, I believe, at least moderately or partially racist against white people because they were doing something wrong to me. I grew out of that very quickly, very quickly. Um, And I actually mostly forgot about that until sometime when I was 19-ish. I shared it for an essay uh, in college. And that was, to my memory, the only conversation that could have been or that's the only thing that could have ever happened that could have taught me racism. Um no one ever sat me down and said white people are bad and this is why, right? Nobody could nobody ever sat me down and said you know, this is the way that you need to live your life or anything like that. Like it just didn't happen, right? So that one little moment when I was super young and impressionable planted something And it must've just been other life experience otherwise. I remember I had a, a teacher in first grade that was a white lady and she was super nice to me, things of that nature. So I think that lived experience made it otherwise. But the point that I'm making is, is that it's not gonna be that like a black person said something or a black person did something and now I hate all black people. It's directly or indirectly, something was poured into you. And that one connecting link made you outwardly realize, ah, I don't like that. Does that make sense?
2: So, yeah. So my question, you was going to school at Cass, you took the bus. So let's say this one day you took the bus to school, you took it home. Now within walking those two blocks from home, it's three white boys, maybe four. One of them asks you, "Hey man, you got a pen real quick? I can use." Say, "Yeah, no problem." So you want you go to put your hand in your pocket. Soon as you go put your hand in your pocket, you get snuffed from behind. Somebody just now there's four white boys beating the dog crap out of you for no reason. You don't, you have no clue who they are. Never seen them a day in your life. Know that their names don't know where they live. You get up and you walk home and you just got your ass whipped by four, four cats. How would you feel? Is I it think, racism? Is it race hate crime? Is it I hate all white people? Where
1: where you going? I think I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question to. Because as I said in high school, one no white people around there. <laughs> um so you ain't shit. me seeing four white kids on the block, wasn't gonna happen at all. But say,
2: that looked crazy in the first place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but so To your question, and and to, to answer your question to the best of my ability, I'm going to say no. And the reason why I'm going to say no is because at that point, I'm living with my mother and my grandmother and my sister and then visiting my father every other weekend. None of them would have said... Them being white would have been the description that we would have given to the police. It wouldn't have been like these white people, crazy, racist. That's not something that would have come out of their mouths. Um, I don't believe. There's no reason for me to believe that because they've never said in the rest of my 36 years of living, they've never said anything remotely like that. My stepfather was dead at that point. So if if this would have happened, I guess to your point, you know, that situation at the car dealership happened, I was five or six. So, if I'm six years old and some white kids in the school jump me, because there was white kids at the elementary school I went to, if I'm six years old and the white kids there jump me, maybe something is planted then because of what my stepfather initially brought out. Maybe. Well, I'm only
2: asking because I've known of scenarios where for no reason, I know for a fact that the four black kids didn't know the one white kid or adult didn't matter from a can of paint and just literally just beat his ass. I mean, dude, I don't even know where the dude, or you know what I'm saying, could have been walking from or to. Like literally just driving down the street, look over. Damn, why that happened? You know them, but you owe them. I don't even know who they are, where they come from, what their name is. Dude sitting here bloody beating, you know what I'm saying? And it's just a random, random assault. So that's what made me ask you. That's, that was the only reason I had, you know what I'm saying, went into that because I've seen scenarios like that growing up for no reason. You know, I know a group of kids that used to just go out and and fight crackheads for no reason. Like just literally like, ah, we're bored. Let's hop in the car, find a crackhead and just jump. them. Well, not every person was a crackhead. You know what I mean? You, you just don't know by cause they're walking down the street that, you know what I mean? If they ain't doing those suspect signs that just says, okay, yeah, it may not be crack, but it's something. You know what I mean? You got an issue. Well, let put them in that category, but they used to just go around and I mean, yeah, I'm saying go around and beat up crackheads. But what I'm saying is on the other end, For a normal white guy who's not a crackhead and just got beat up, they don't know why. They don't know that they were just leaving out the house to go beat up crackheads or they was just bored kids. They just know four black men jump.
1: So, again, I will say that like, if that's something that's planted into your head, all right, I think about it like this. You and me worked in the cell phone business a long time. I worked in there longer than you me and you both know that the best Androids smoke the best iPhones. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, thank you. But you and I both know that. Am I right?
2: Oh, 100%. <laughs> that was perfect. Like,
1: However you just did that was perfect. <laughs> but the point that I'm making is that somebody who says, and I'm being like as reductive as possible to something that just doesn't matter in life, which, which phone do you use, right? Um, but someone who says, like, iPhones or Androids suck, that's why I like iPhones, right? You start saying your, 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 your battery died on your Android. Androids don't last. That's why you need to get you an iPhone, right? And it's just like, if you believe something already, something that brings that out, that can highlight to your point, it just becomes, like, magnified for you. And and that's why I say, like, the racism is taught. It doesn't mean that you're going to be sat down to say, like, like, you need to hate black people and things of that nature. But your actions as as the, you know, as the influence into a child's life is going to indicate what a person thinks, what a person feels, what a person believes. So... I agree with you on that. So, as we continue to have conversations, um, and, and, and and we talk to each other about, you know, real life issues and you know, people that get to know each other, you know, we understand. That's how, you know, racism breaks. And, you know, a, as society becomes more, more of a melting pot, um, you know, a lot of those small hatreds, because no one is, I believe, no one is born truly hating a person or anything like that. It's this stuff is just it marinates over time. You get you a slab of ribs, you know, if you just toss your chicken, you toss the ribs in the marinade real quick, ain't gonna do nothing. You let it sit in that jaw for 24 hours, you can taste the flavor, right? And that's what I'm saying. So, as, um, as that stuff merites and it sits in a person's soul, that's what makes it come out and that's what makes it harder to break. And so you know, like I said, racism did not end uh on June 19th or 20th of 1865. But we can get to a point where it will end. And I say that not to sound hopeless that if you're alive and you're listening to this podcast right now you're probably not going to see a complete a complete end of racism in your lifetime but we can work towards it we can make it better for the next generation just like the previous generation made it better for us we continue to work continue to grow with each other continue to learn each other continue to love each other And I, why are you looking at me crazy did i say something weird
2: yeah, the previous generation made it easier for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, mean, I don't know about easy. <laughs> like, I, I said
1: easier. I said easier. Let's say easy. Easier, easy, easiest.
2: Hey, you know what I'm saying?
1: Listen. I'm married to a white woman. When my grandmother was a child, when my mother was a child, that wasn't a realistic opportunity. Loving versus Virginia was 62 or 67. 67? 68? I don't know. But those that fought, those that had those conversations, those that ingratiated themselves into those spaces made it easier for us, easier, er, easier. But it's a continuous fight. I mean, we're, we're breaking down hundreds of years of, of hate and anger and, and things of that nature. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time, but we can do it. So
2: Most definitely. definitely,
1: if you're new to the show, um, thank you. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, even if you are listening on an iPhone or Spotify. Um, if you like what we do, you know, follow us on social media. What's happening is all of our platforms. Thank you if you're watching us live. We're streaming right now on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. So thank you for joining with us wherever you may be. Um, We will be back next week with another episode. We would love for you guys to come back and check us out again. And you can find us on all of your podcast streaming apps to listen to our entire archive. And that's all I got, bro.
2: So I'm gonna ask... You know, for anybody that's listening, anybody that make it all the way through this episode, do me one favor um, this week if you can. See um, what your community, the local community is holding for Juneteenth and go be a part of it. See what it's about. Mingle, network, you know what I mean? Grow and love one another and do something different this weekend that maybe can help bridge this gap that we talked about. Um, that's number one. Number two, Um, for all of our new listeners or for those who's listening to us live, um, me and Bradley were talking and discussing and, uh, we think we're going to try to hit you with a little flavor every Saturday. Um, you know, we're going to rerun some of those episodes that we've got in the archives that's sitting on Spotify that you may not have a chance to listen to. So... First episode we gonna drop this Saturday. So check us out on Saturday for, you know, a new episode. You know what I'm saying? Or an old episode if you, you know, been rocking with us since day one. You know what I mean? We appreciate all of day one. So, you know, most definitely thank you. Appreciate y'all, love the support. Keep supporting us and uh, you ain't here. Get ready to, you know, catch us on Saturdays in you free time. So we're gonna drop y'all something on Saturdays, and we're gonna still bring y'all something hot on, on Monday nights live. And we're gonna drop it on Wednesday for those who don't join us live. Alright? That's all I got. Peace.
0: You do things your own way. You make things your own, just the way you like them. Your bank should do that for you, too. The Bank of Clark is the bank for that. From banking to lending to wealth management, when you need financial services built just for you, we're the bank for that. Find out what banking design just for you is all about. Call 1-800-650-8723. Visit your local Bank of Clark branch today or go to bankofclark.bank. That's bankofclark.bank. We're the bank for that. Member FDIC.